Hello, it's Rhiannon here. Don't panic, it's not Friday. I know it's unusual for me to pop up today, but we just wanted to let you know Grazia has a brand new podcast. The podcast is a sister series to Grazia Life Advice and it's all about beauty and well-being. It's hosted by our fantastic beauty director, Jolie Walker. We thought you might like it, so we've included the whole first episode here for you to listen to. It's a great episode, Jolie talking to our Grazia contributing editor, Candice Brathwaite. Huge thanks to John Lewis for supporting this episode of Grazia Beauty Life Lessons. Without a doubt, one of the best one-stop shops for well-being inspiration and a personal favourite of mine. Whatever your well-being plans or goals are for 2021, you can find everything you need at johnlewis.com. Hello and welcome to this first ever Grazia Beauty Life Lessons. I'm Jodie Walker, Grazia's Beauty and Health Director, and in this series I chat to beauty-obsessed experts, influencers and celebrities to get their five best beauty and well-being tips. From makeup to hair, fragrance, skincare and well-being, we'll get all the secrets, advice and stories. We'll also, at the end of each episode, get our guests' biggest beauty blunder, and let me tell you, they can be hilarious. Later in the series, we'll have makeup artist Jamie Genevieve, Deborah Francis-White of the Guilty Feminist podcast, influencer and entrepreneur Freddie Harrell, and many more. And I am so excited. So subscribe now to get episodes automatically downloaded every Wednesday so you do not miss a thing. Right now, though, it's time to bring in our very first guest of the series. Hello, my name is Candice Brathwaite. I am a mother of two, Sunday Times best-selling author, contributing editor at Grazia, and I present the fashion segment on Lorraine. Candice first hit the spotlight in 2016 when she started blogging about modern parenthood. Her book, just launched last year, I Am Not Your Baby Mother, was a Sunday Times bestseller. She's a busy, busy woman, and we are so incredibly lucky to have her on board at Grazia as a contributing editor, and to get her on the podcast today. And let me tell you, she is a big fan of beauty. I'm looking at the drawer, I keep my lipsticks in right now, and I think I've got about 70 tubes of lipstick. 70. That's amazing. I'm just like, oh, there's a new one. Could this be the mattiest matter of all time? I have to know. <laughs> so I'm very all in. <laughs> I'm extra, extra. Yeah. Also coming up, why you should ignore that old advice to just stick with a signature fragrance and switch things up on your scent. I have various scents for various reasons. My family's from Barbados and a lot of my Tom Ford scents just smell better in a hotter climate. So I think play around with it a bit. I might not do that for makeup, but when it comes to fragrance, I'm like, okay, let's just give it a bash. And later in our chat, frank and inspiring advice on the benefits of therapy. I say the wildest things to my therapist. If those things ever got leaked, I'd never work again. Just me <laughs> But that for me, like that is ultimate self-care knowing where I need that guidance and that support. There are also plenty of smart product recommendations along the way. So let's get into it now. Hi, Candice. How are you? Hi, Jolie. I'm good. Thank you. And, you know, um, actually, no, I'm not that good. I'm a bit annoyed and I'm a bit boxed in and I'm just over this whole lockdown experience. So I'm okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm with you on that. I think, okay, yeah. But I mean, gosh, yeah, what if a few weeks already it's been of 2021? I know. And I think maybe, I know on my end, I think I just was a little too hopeful for 2021. It's hunkering down. It just feels like if anyone listening has run a marathon, it's like hitting the wall. It's mile 21, mile 22. That's how it feels. No, I agree. But hopefully we're on the home straight. That is what I'm hoping. Yeah. But thank you so, so much for joining us. Um, yeah, so thrilled to have you on the podcast uh, and to get all of your beauty life lessons. Thank you. I'm excited. <laughs> so I was just going to start, Candice. Obviously, I know that you are a big uh, fan of beauty. You very kindly joined us for a judge on our Grazia Beauty Awards. So I know you love all things beauty. But how would you describe your kind of overall beauty style? Would you say, you know, low maintenance, high maintenance? Oh. Just love trying out new things. What's your beauty vibe? Overall beauty vibe? Uh, across the board in my life, maximalist, for sure. I am the skincare hoarder. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a new foundation on the market. I have to try it. I'm like the person that knows like all the YouTube beauty bloggers and I watch their videos at 2am when I should be sleeping. So I'm very all in. (laughs) That's what we like. That's what we like on the podcast. All in beauty. Sounds fabulous. So yeah, I'm, I'm extra, extra. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. That's what we like. So maybe then let's kick off with makeup, shall we? What is your best makeup advice that you've ever been given or you have to give? The best makeup advice that I have to give is to find your face. I know that sounds really funny, but especially if you're a busier person, the last thing you want to do is wake up and try a new eyeshadow before a meeting or Zoom meeting and you don't like it and you don't have time to take it off. Find your face. I am a bare face, like no blusher, no highlight, but a really bold lip and a fake lash forever and ever and ever. And it just means that, you know, when the world was open, when I'm away working, I know what I'm packing. I'm packing the same thing. I don't need 55 eyeshadow palettes because I'm not into all of that. And I think finding that base, finding your face, it just makes the experience of beauty make you feel more confident because you learn, you know what you're doing. You show up in front of the mirror every day and you know how you want to look. My years of experimenting are firmly behind me. <laughs> and I will yeah, I know what I like. Yeah. And it's my signature look. Knowing what you like when it comes to beauty is is often frowned upon. It's like, oh no, try this new highlight. Like maybe not especially as our skin starts to get a little bit older or looser or our pores get bigger, maybe don't wear the highlight that accentuates all of that. I love that as well. Just finding your signature style and sticking with it. And, you know, you're a busy you know, mum of two. <laughs> to have a beauty look that makes yeah. you feel confident and gives you that kind of instant boost. Does lipstick do that for you and your lashes? Definitely. I Lipstick for me is just like, it just injects life into my face. And I, I know that people say they're fiddly, but I find fake lashes so much easier to use than mascara. Once you've mastered how to slap them on, you're not giving your own eyelashes like eight layers of mascara and then you just pull them off at the end of the night. I think they are brilliant. And then the two combined, I'm like, yeah, I feel really powerful. But also makeup can make you feel more like you in the way that a signature, you know, outfit can as well. But I want to know, okay, so what are your top lipsticks and lashes? I want to know what uh, what you call on. <laughs> top lipsticks and lashes. 
lashes, and everyone's really shocked by this. My, my lashes are always from Primark. They're called Sultry, and it's like a quid for a set of five. Brilliant. But they, they, I know, and the reason I love them, those who wear lashes a lot will understand this. The lash band is really thin and flexible, where other false lashes give you that heavy drag queen lid, which I'm not totally against, but it's not like, it's not every day I want to like beat my face to like RuPaul levels. I need the lash line to be flexible. And for some reason, Primark have just mastered it. And then the price point, I'm like, I can totally get behind this. Now, when it comes to lipsticks, you know, my other half is in the background and he'll probably just laugh, but (laughs) I've got a serious problem. I'm looking at the drawer. I keep my lipsticks in right now. And I think I've got about 70 tubes of lipstick. 70. that's amazing seven zero even with rotating because things go off and stuff but I'm just like oh there's a new one could this be the mattiest mat of all time I have to know (laughs) and we're talking 70 bold colors as well right because you don't do nudes yeah yeah, like I love Fenty has a really great orange the one I'm wearing now is actually a gloss and I'm not a fan of gloss especially now when we have to wear a mask I don't usually like gloss but being at home I like the glossy texture of this this is L'Oreal but then Pat McGrath the richness to her colors but then I always come back to Ruby Woo by MAC and I know the texture is really drying. We all agree with that. And it's quite a bother to put on, but it lasts all day. And so, yeah, I, I couldn't pick a favorite, but if someone was like only one till you die, okay, then it's Ruby Woo. Fine. It's Ruby Woo. And what about under masks? You mentioned that. What's your yeah. longest wearing lipstick under mask? Longest wearing lipstick under mask is Retro Matte. And that's by MAC. They do a line called Retro Matte. So it goes on like a liquid, dries like a matte. And that, if I'm wearing a lighter mask, it doesn't even transfer onto the inside of the mask because I hate that as well. It's makeup magic, isn't it? Yeah. And that whole putting a mask on top of lip gloss, just, oh, yuck. So Retro Matte by MAC, top contender. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So then let's go on to skincare next, shall we? Let's chat skincare. So tell me your best advice. My best advice for skincare. Okay. Let me, let me think about this. Cause I, I want to be aware that everyone's got different price points, but in my opinion, you can't, that's the place you can't skim. I have noticed that the price point usually does match what it's doing. And so that's where the bulk of my beauty fund goes. Always the skincare because it's all about the base. It doesn't matter how much, how great your foundation is. If your base is a bit off kilter, it's just not going to work. And also no one would believe it now. And I don't even have pictures as proof because my confidence just wasn't there. But I had horrific acne in my teen years. I was um, on the pill. I was also on, um, I've forgotten the name of this stuff, but it really burns. It's almost acidic. And I used to have to like douse my face and my back in this solution every night. It took the color out of my pillows. And so I, I've been in a place where I have had to allow my naked skin to be exposed all the time because I just felt at the time putting makeup on top of skin that wasn't in the best place was not a good thing to do. So for me, the advice there is a combination of spend as much as you can on skincare and also always know when it's time to go and see a doctor. 
Yeah. There are so many things to do with our skin, especially as women, that sometimes you do need to go to a doctor about and be that your GP or a dermatologist. Feel confident in making that decision because in my teens, nothing over the counter would work. And so I had to see a doctor who would then give me a prescription for stuff a little stronger. So I would tell anyone like really put your energy efforts and your spare cash into upping your skincare game. And when you went to the doctor like you just mentioned then, were they really useful? Really useful. But this was like, oh gosh, show my age. This was like 15 years ago. I can't believe I can say that. And then, you know, I think it was about 21, 22. It's almost like I woke up and then my skin was so much better. And it really just changed um, my confidence. And since being in lockdown, down. I'm a major fan of TikTok. And TikTok has a massive skincare community or people suffering with really, really confidence crippling type acne who are like trading secrets and, and sharing what works for them. And I'm like, I'm a bit jealous. I was like, I wish at that moment I had that. I think when your skin is just not playing ball, it can feel like a very private, personal, only me type of problem. And, you know, now having social media, that's so far from the truth. That's such a plus side of social media, though, those communities that you can find and talk to people who are going through the exact same thing as you. Could be on the other side of the world, you know, could be down the road. That is such a plus point of social media. Yes, definitely. But in terms of products then, skincare-wise... Oh yeah, I can tell there's some favourites in there. What are your current, like, absolute can't do without? Honestly, I feel sick at myself for saying this because the price is just like, I'm sure you can acquire unicorn blood for cheaper. (laughs) Barbara Stone... Like oh, her, she's good. Oh my, oh my word. She's the high, good. The hyaluronic serum. I'm just like, oh my word. I think the only like great upside to this job is that um, the PR do send gifts in sometimes from her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, thank God, because it is so expensive. But in terms of serums and just making my skin feel plump and energized, she's really number one. And I hate to say it because I'm just like, why is it so expensive? I hate that. Um, (laughs) Then uh, there is a really luxurious bedtime cream that's not too oily by a brand called Oskia, I think. Yes, love Oskia. Marvelous. I love them. Um, this is a really old school one, or it feels old school, but there's a brand called Eve Lom, and I love their cleanser. It's a bit hit and miss on the smell. Some people might not like the scent because it's very heavy on the eucalyptus, but the cleanser is amazing, and I've been using their pill pads, and I'm just like, yes, more of this, please. And then what's that green bottle? Look, see me, I'm a <laughs> It's Tata Harper. Is it Tata Harper? No, it's Mario Badescu. Oh, it's- yes, with oh. The, the spot solution, or a different one uh, his vitamin c serum is oh. just like because some people's vitamin c serums are far too oily and i'm just like oh this is tacky and yucky but his is bang on and the packaging's cute like i could go on um yeah. Kate somerville a <laughs> liquid exfoliant i mean magic in a bottle when i was 15 exfoliants felt like a pumice stone you'd use on the back of your foot like really harsh and rough and to now see an exfoliant like be a liquid in it it's just magic it's magic (laughs) and when we're not in a lockdown situation are you a big fan of facials and that kind of thing 
Yeah. <laughs> I've got a lady on the high street. I hope her business can survive through this because I normally have a facial at her clinic once a month. And I'm just all about like masks at home even. I just love it. I'm a big fan of trying to look after my skin. And I notice when, you know, I notice when like I've overdone it on sugar or summer's coming along and I have to switch up the heavier products just because my skin's a little bit more oily and my pores are getting blocked. There are some things that don't work for me. Like I've tried this LED light stuff and I noticed my pores looked enlarged. I was like, oh, I don't like that. And that's fine. I think it's really important to quickly pinpoint where something in your skincare routine isn't working for you and always always do a patch test I learned that the hard way with a brand that I won't mention because they really do work for other people but I was like yeah I've got really tough skin it's not it felt like I douse acid on my face and yeah on the back of it it did say do a patch test but we're always like oh no do the patch do it do the patch test yeah (laughs) And would you say that your skincare routine like forms a part of your self-care? Definitely. De- my skincare routine is just that moment of like quiet meditation to be with myself. Of course, I shower every day, but I don't get to have a luxurious bath for an hour and a half like I did last night. And so having that moment to like, I call it de-rig, like I'm a double cleanse addict. I will double cleanse till I die. Then you go in with your liquid exfoliator and then your serums and your oils and then a bedtime mask. It's like 15 minutes of just sheer bliss. And I've seen how I've seen how other people respond to that. And I'm like, is it because the products are working or is it because I'm just having a moment of positivity with my own face? Because Mm. there's that too. When you're doing that whole skincare routine, like you're really trying to work the product in and you're having to look at your skin in depth, which I think we, we don't get to do as much as we think we do. Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. Definitely. Okay, then let's go on to number three fragrance <laughs> now I've seen on your Instagram you're a Tom Ford fan am I right huge <laughs> this is why I ain't ever got no spare money like, <laughs> it's all going to a good and I also think cost per spritz or cost per wear if it's less than you spend on a coffee and it makes you feel good all day then yeah and my thing with fragrance is that especially during the past year a lot of our immediate joys have been taken away. And so smelling good is a very personal thing. Choosing a scent for you is a personal thing. And it's just been a way to, I hate the term, but spark joy in my life. Ignore that old school rule of like finding your scent. I have various scents for various reasons or things that I think would be better in one scenario or things that it's really weird. I'm My family's from Barbados and a lot of my Tom Ford scents just smell better in a hotter climate. So I think play around with it a bit. I might not do that for makeup, but when it comes to fragrance, I'm like, okay, let's just give it a bash. What is the fragrance that you turn to if you need uplifting and like a feel good boost? If I need uplifting, I would go with Le Labo Santal 33, I think it's called. Yeah, I love that. Oh, it's just got a little kick to it. And I'm like, mm, mm, I just, yeah, I just love it. And I'm a very, um, I prefer my scents to be quite heavy on what they would say is the masculine side. I like a good 
oody wood memorable i'm not really a citrus floral fan i'm like oh if that is like a top note there's got to be a heavy dose of like tobacco something on the bottom yeah Yeah. something that makes an entrance yeah definitely the labo do that very very well they do indeed um well thank you candice And we'll be right back after this little aside on the brilliant wellbeing offering at John Lewis, because honestly, their product offering deserves a shout out. If you're looking for a speedy pick-me-up and don't know where to start, I'd seriously recommend heading to their beauty wellness page, which is so easy to navigate and offers a brilliant range of hardworking beauty and self-care brands. Now, it's a tricky one because there are so many brilliant products, from smart supplements to stress relief solutions and glow-giving serums. But if I had to choose just one product to get your hands on, I'd say the Verdant Alchemy Basalts range. It's essentially the closest you can get to a spa at home, helping relax the muscles and de-stress the mind. To shape up your well-being with athleisure wear, sports equipment, beauty and more, pop to johnlewis.com and see what all the fuss is about. Welcome back. I am with the amazing Candice and we are on her fourth tip of the day. So Candice, let's talk wellness. What is your ultimate wellness advice? My ultimate wellness advice. Wellness is a very personal thing. Wellness for me is like I've got stuff I can lift up right now. Wellness for me is my sage and some tarot cards and, you know, sitting down and listening to a podcast that's all about having time to work on my intuition or spend time with myself. That's my personal wellness. Someone's other version of wellness might be a specific yoga retreat. And that's fine too. Everywhere you turn, it's like, well, wellness is this juice and these workout clothes and this bike. And I'm like, if we can just strip the the term wellness bare, the bones of it is what makes you feel good. I like to think about it as like reclaiming the cheesy term that is me time, but making it all about you and just having that wellness break for yourself. This is it. I wouldn't say don't don't buy things like I, I love to buy stuff, but just be mindful about where the messaging around wellness is coming from, because it's not always necessarily what you need. And I don't think we get told that enough. It's like, oh, if you're not doing this latest crazy workout or you're not on this juice cleanse, then are you really doing what the world is saying is good for you? And it's like that, again, I'm from an island where wellness is drinking rum on a beach. So I'm like, I, I don't know, you know, it's and, and, and those people are really happy and really relaxed and all seem to live till they're 120. So it must be working for them I just I don't want anyone listening to get bogged down with me saying oh you know I do yoga nine times a week it's like no it's like not setting unattainable goals right yeah like that too I am and I there's no need to announce these things but I am this year really trying to get a handle on more mindful eating and being consistent in my areas of wellness because here's the thing you could buy that bike if you don't use it consistently you've missed the moment of wellness anyway. And so for me, the focus around wellness this year were two words across the board for me, actually, sustainability and consistency. And they are things that I've struggled with in the past. And it's like, I have a great personal trainer. I make it a point to not skip appointments with her. For me, that's wellness. You know, it's like, okay, show up to this three times a week drink water every day. And then over time, those habits of wellness 
I'll see what comes of them. But I'm not like really tied to this end goal of like being the next yoga guru. Finding wellness that works for you, essentially, wherever that might be. Exactly. Love that. And number five, then we segue into self-care. So for you, self-care, what does self-care mean? And what self-care advice do you have to share? Self-care to me is like really broad. Just to go deep for a minute, self-care for a lot of people I know this year, especially is like getting out of bad relationships. It's like, really having that time to recognize that the the space they're in is not healthy or the connections they have are not healthy and and breaking away from that is self-care. For me, the one thing that I never skimp on because I just can't afford to in other areas of my life are my therapy sessions. That is a very privileged thing to say because it's really not the cheapest thing, but um when I'm not engaged in therapy, I have habits that are far more expensive in various ways in the rest of my life that are trying to cover up the things that I could just sit down with someone for an hour a week and be like, I'm feeling like I'm a bad mum because A, B or C, I'm working through that. That's the power of having that person to like offload with who is non-judgmental. I say the wildest things to my therapist. If those things ever got leaked, I'd never work again. Just me. <laughs> but that for me, like that is ultimate self-care knowing where I need that guidance and that support. It's not necessarily for me like, a bubble bath as much as I love them but it's definitely showing up and like fighting some demons for sure and what would you potentially say to someone who might have never tried therapy before and wants to for the first time but it's a little bit nervous go for it you are missing out as someone who's been in regular therapy for two years I've just started to peel back with my therapist. It takes a lot of time. Like I'll say like a sentence that she'll hold on to till the next session. I'm like, God, I thought you forgot about that. And she's like, no, because I know I'm going a bit deeper with you there. So I would say to the person, like no one I know who was nervous about starting therapy regretted it. No one. It's always been, oh my word, why didn't I do this sooner? Or you become that beacon in your friendship group or your household where people are like, I've seen the change in you, the way you respond to things, the way you now think life happens for you and not against you. And where does that come from? And it's Mm. from having someone separate to your situation who is going to hear you out without judging you. Like just do it for sure. And also we spoke a little bit about routine when we were speaking about wellness. Does the routine of doing it, you mentioned doing it regularly, does that play a big part all the most that you know it's coming up? You can almost store those thoughts and you have something to put it into and you know when it is. Yeah. There are some sessions I I turn up and I, the, the beginning is very icy because I'm like, oh, I've got nothing to say. And then we just start talking about what I think are really flippant things. And there it is. It's always there. Something's always there. Or for whatever reason, you're the person in your life who takes on everyone else's problems. So you've learned to minimize your own, but then you'll get into a therapy session and your therapist will be able to analyze and say, mm, actually, that might be a bother spot for you. Let's spend the time like wading through that and I've got two really young kids who just always need me or something and then I live with another adult and then I have all these various jobs and I I had a moment I wouldn't say weakness but just of me being like 
in my group chat yesterday, like no one actually gets the stresses of my life, but then I go to therapy. And, you know, that's where I'm like, oh, this entire 45 minutes are mine. Wow. Brilliant. I think you'll have yeah, inspired a lot of people then um, to try something if they haven't tried it before. And we go on to our final question, which is the biggest beauty blunder. So talk to me. I can tell you've got a story. I can, I can tell it's coming. What has been your biggest beauty blunder? Oh, there are so many. <laughs> so many. Like, I'm in so ashamed of myself. And they all involve hair. I'm just like, I think one of my biggest beauty blunders is not recognizing that, um, uh, like, having a shaved head was going to be my thing. And I was always trying to like keep up with my friends with the latest wigs and weaves. And I remember one time having this weave installed, the only weave of my life, because when I went to wash it and then blow dry it, like the weave got caught in the back of the fan of the hairdryer. Of the hairdryer. <laughs> I had to like cut myself out. And I was no. like, who are you doing this for? But then there were the times as a teen, I found like a very old passport photo and my eyebrows are just, then I can't even just like a singular line, like just a line of hair. And then I grew them out and then did this really silly thing of putting a very light concealer underneath and not blending it. <laughs> Look back at those photos. And I'm like, I'm annoyed at every, who took that photo? Why did you not tell me I look so dumb? Like, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> we were all doing it as well. <laughs> And you also said, Candice, you said about your, you, you know, shaving your hair and it being your thing, maybe like your lips and your lashes. What does that mean to you? And does that empower you, make you feel confident? Completely, especially being, for those that don't know, I'm a black woman and there is so much um, energy and, and time put on hair and your hair, um, we in our community we heavily link hair to beauty and then that hair needs to fall in eurocentric beauty standards and so i see my hairstyle as like ultimate defiance it's just like i'm not going to go on tv and wear a hot scratchy wig so that those viewing me are like oh yeah she's got really dark black skin but you know she's wearing straight hair so it kind of makes us feel comfortable it's like no i think the roots of where i'm from i'm assuming nigeria i've not done my research yet like Wearing a shaved head was just normal for various reasons, including the sun beating down on you and you needing to feel cool. And I think doing so is just an encouragement for other young black women watching me. It's like you can do a really good job just showing up as yourself. I know black women who won't leave the house without a wig on. They will never wear their natural hair to work because it's deemed as unprofessional. Only recently has there like been actual rules put in place where certain schools in England cannot discriminate against black kids' hair because that was happening. It was like, no, you're not allowed dreadlocks or you can't come with your afro out. Make your hair professional. Like, what does that even mean? So I think I have very professional jobs with a very unprofessional hairstyle. And it, it means a lot to me to be able to wear my hair this way. And it looks absolutely amazing, Candice. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. That was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I have got loads of tips 
doesn't makeup feel like a long time ago? I feel like, I yes, I need to go and buy all the skincare things you mentioned <laughs> and so many tips. And thank you so much for sharing your stories as well. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing. Thank you. A huge thanks to Candice Brathway for being the very first guest on Grazia Beauty Life Lessons. I hope you've enjoyed being with us and you're feeling inspired by Candice's tips and stories. Make sure you're with us next time when we are joined by comedian Deborah Francis-White, the host of the Guilty Feminist Podcast, and certainly a no-holds-barred chat is to be expected. I was back in Australia. I try and go back once or twice a year, and I went for a bikini wax. So I went to the lady and I said, oh, just, just, just what's outside? And she looked at me, she looked down at me and she went, oh, yeah, you don't want koala ears? <laughs> koala ears. Koala ears is when you've got hair outside your pants line, outside your knicker line. Oh, right. She said, you don't want koala ears. And I was like, you are correct. Thank you very much. It'll be a good one for sure. So see you then. And thanks again to John Lewis for supporting this episode. Their shops may be closed at the moment, but it's really never been easier to shop wellbeing from johnlewis.com. Get your order delivered straight to your door with free standard delivery on orders over £50 and happy shopping. Hello, Rhiannon here again. We're so excited to be able to bring you that. That was episode one of our brand new sister podcast, Grazia Beauty Life Lessons. Just to let you know, though, we do still have our regular episode coming out on Friday. We'll be here with Power Hour author and podcast host, Adrienne Herbert. We've got a whole episode packed full of brilliant advice. We've just recorded it and I'm ready to go. If you need a pickup this week, I highly recommend it. So look out for that on Friday. See you then.